Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You'll find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. Listeners of the Business Creators Radio Show know that we are a from-the-field podcast. You get to journey with me as I explore and enjoy my laptop lifestyle, and I tune in from a variety of different places. Most of our episodes are filmed from my studio on my sumptuous balcony in Las Vegas, Nevada. And today, I'm actually dialing in from an undisclosed location. What our listeners know is sometimes in the background, you may hear a little bit of ambient noise. You may hear some muffled chatter. You may hear some birds chirping. You may hear some vehicles passing by in the distance. But think about it. When you're sitting in on a private mastermind between two people sharing their brilliance and their passion, and you have your pad of paper and two pens out capturing those aha moments that'll give you the edge in your business, where are you often sitting? You're in a bar, you're in a restaurant, you're in a cigar shop, you're in a cafe, you're in a park. This is part of the experience. So it's authentic, it's raw, and our listeners just absolutely enjoy that this is one of those shows where you get to just let it hang out, be loose, and drink whatever the hell you want to. Now, today, we are going to have a particularly fun conversation. Our guest is named Jeff Abraham. I'm going to tell you briefly about him here. What we're going to be discussing today is Jeff's engineer from it's Jeff's journey from engineer to sexual wellness. Ooh, exciting. So tell you a little bit about Jeff very briefly. He's the CEO of a company called Absorption Pharmaceuticals, which is the creator of Promescence, which is a line of premium sexual wellness products for individuals and couples looking to improve confidence, performance, and pleasure in every aspects of their life. Now, in my many years as an entrepreneur, I found that dating, mating, and relating are all basically the same thing. The skills that will help you succeed as an entrepreneur attracting clients are many of the same skills that will help you attract your partners in dating and mating and vice versa. It's really the same thing. It's a matter of seduction, persuasion, and co-creating amazing experiences together that you will both love. So I encourage everybody, open your mind, open your awareness, and look for some unexpected gems that may give you something for your business right now that could catapult you ahead of the competition and you do it right under their noses with a goddamn smile. So, Jeff Abraham, come on in. The weather's fine. Pleasure to be here, my friend. I really uh, relish this opportunity to connect with your listeners. Oh, heck yes. All right. So what we like to do here, and I know that you want to tell us about Promescent and you want to tell us 
uh, about some of these correlations that I mentioned in the introduction here. But before we do that, tell me a little bit about your journey and what's brought you to where you are, serving people from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. I'm really intrigued by this engineer to sexual wellness thing. So take it away. I was a uh, regional manager for a company called Applied Materials. And I was uh, selling big pieces of semiconductor capital equipment. My title was sales engineer, then sales engineering manager. So these were all big pieces of capital equipment that are used to make integrated circuits. Integrated circuits used to be referred to as computer chips, but now they're referred to as integrated circuits because you're used in everything, cell phones, computers, cars, anything electronic. So at age 53, I had been very, very successful. My company, I had transitioned into a recruiting business and it went really, really well. And at age 53, I retired and decided, because I have lupus and diabetes, I decided that I wanted to retire early and kick back and just focus on my health and enjoy life. One of my neighbors, who also happened to be a physician, a urologist, and he was also my doctor, Dr. Ronald Gilbert, I was going to see one day for my yearly PSA and physical, and he happened to say to me, hey, I know your history because I grew up in a lower middle class family. We didn't have very much, but a wonderful family, but we were just not economically very, you know, uh, very gifted. And uh, he said, I know your background and, you know, you've come from relative obscurity to become very successful. I started this company and I have this new product outside of my regular you know, uh, doctor's uh, livelihood. And it's not taken off like I thought I want your opinion. And his first product was a male delay spray called Promescent. Uh, and I was really fascinated by it because I just happened to seen a 60 Minutes special segment two weeks prior to that all about counterfeit drugs. And they emphasized that if you want to counterfeit a drug, you need two things, high margin, meaning high price, and a big demand. And it just so happened that Viagra, Salisylvitra, the ED drugs fit right into that. And it estimated that the legitimate value back then of prescription drugs for ED was 5 billion. And for every prescription drug that was manufactured, there was 1.2 knockoffs made in Mexico and China. I went, my God, that's like a $10 billion market. So when he told me about this, the first thing I asked him was, how big is this market compared to ED? And I thought he was going to say, oh, it's about 10% 10% the size of ED, which still would have been significant, 500 million. He looked at me and he went, it's about 15, maybe 20% larger. I went, what? I went, you do realize that one's 5 billion legitimately. He goes, oh yeah, absolutely. He goes, a matter of fact, 10 to 15% of ED is misdiagnosed PE because if a man has chronic PE, meaning premature ejaculation, He will eventually not be able to get an erection because psychologically his body knows that getting an erection leads to an unsatisfactory conclusion. I was fascinated, absolutely fascinated. Uh But one thing led to another. And, you know, he asked me my opinion. I said, well, let me try the product to see if it works, see if it's good. And he gave me some and I took it home and I tried it. And I was like, oh, my God, this stuff (laughs) stuff really is legit. It works. One thing led to another. I invested in the company and I was bored. He asked me to write a business plan. So I wrote a business plan and it ended up really helping out and the company grew. And he said, hey, can you write us the next phase? You know, we did everything you asked and things went really, really well. I said, okay, great. So I wrote, you know, plan B or the revision on how to take it to the next level. And he came back to me and said, well, that's really sound. And I think it's great, but it's going to require another 400K and we don't have that. And I said, well, listen, I'll invest another 400K. 
if you do exactly what I say, put this in a uh, escrow account and do exactly what I want you to do. And they did. And it grew again. And at that point, they asked me to take over the company. So it wasn't like I made this plan where I said, oh, I'm going to go into sexual wellness from engineering. It was literally just a stroke of, of randomness that I happened to be visiting a friend who was my doctor and, you know, for my yearly PSA. And he introduced me to this and I invested in it, you know, had some good ideas. They were impressed. They asked me to take it over. So in uh, 2011, I took the company over and began running it. And from there until now, we've grown, God, a hundredfold, if you can believe that. And uh, things have just continued to go well. And we've expanded into a, a number of different areas. And But our goal has always been to have every product that we have be as good, if not better, than everything else in that particular segment. But you talk about uniqueness and you talk about an opportunity and, you know, how you differentiate. One of the things that we did early on that was specifically designed to differentiate ourselves is everyone prior to us, all they did was, you know, put stuff on shelves and then try to drive people to go buy the stuff off shelves. We really became a, a force almost exclusively initially through home delivery, through our own website and through Amazon. And it's only now that we're building out the retail part because we felt like a lot of people wanted to have the anonymity of being able to have the stuff delivered and not go down, you know, to the local pharmacy where your neighbor's daughter works the checkout counter. You know what I mean? Oh, I see you're uh -huh. buying your delay spray, Mr. Smith, you know, and, or, you know, your female arousal gel, you know, these types of things. So we kind of went against the grain that the traditional ways that people marketed sexual wellness products, you know, we marched to the beat of our own drummer and did it very successfully. And I think part of the acceptance now and the fact that this is becoming more mainstream and one of the reasons we're going into retail now is because the stigma and the shame that people used to experience is now gone away and people just know it's part of life. And just like diabetics take, you know, insulin, you know, and there's no shame in that. And people who have cancer take chemo. If you have something that stops you from enjoying to the fullest of your ability, your sexuality, there's no shame in saying, Hey, I want to have this little extra boost or something that might help me get over that hump. So, and I'd like to think we're part of that because we've been very, very visible. We do tons of podcasts, advertising, stuff like this, and we've gotten a lot of good publicity. And our whole thing is to take the shame away and just realize it's like every other part of your life. People want to have, they eat better so they can have, you know, a more alert, you know, and, and trimmer, you know, physique. People go to the gym because they want to optimize, you know, their, their muscularity and certainly their fitness and keep their heart and everything in shape. That's why they do spin and yoga and the treadmill. It's the same thing with your sexuality. You want to make sure that everything is functioning at its peak. So, you know, we were a little bit of a, uh, you know, a, a game changer. And we kind of changed the dynamic of how people view this particular area. And it was very positive for us. And, you know, another thing we did is everyone's always, you know, been on the kick of let me go on social media with the influencers and this, this, and this. We went about this differently. We have, we're in the protocol of 2200 urologists where they actually mention us by name. There's tons of sex therapists that recommend us. We put together a medical sales force team and we educated physicians about who we are. We did clinical trials on our product, which is unheard of in this space. And it 
it served us very, very well. It gave us this, this almost cult-like following where people were like, wow, these guys aren't just, you know, creating some snake oil or, you know, deer antler extract or bull testicle derivative or shark fin. These yeah. are legitimate products based in science, based in fact. And that was important to me to really be proud of what we were doing and bring an elegance to it. Because let's face it, we were invented and the company was put together by a urologist. And so we had a certain standard we needed to uphold. Yeah, well, this actually gives me several thoughts. I believe that health and success, uh, whether it's business, personal, what have you, is a holistic thing. So if you have that dirty little secret that sexually you're not currently performing as you'd like to, that can spill over into your success in closing business deals. It can affect your success when it comes to going to business networking events. It can put you in a situation with your friends where they have stories to tell and you don't. Uh, and that can be debilitating in ways that cannot necessarily be quantified on a chart. That's the first item. Absolutely. Second, yeah. I'll even take it a step further. I think you're a better partner to your mate. I think you're a better husband, father, yeah. son, friend. When you're having powerful orgasms on a regular basis, that generally makes you happy. It makes you pleased. And at one point, if you were, and then you're not, or if you're thinking, just like you said, everyone else is having this great sex and you're not, it tends to lead to anxiety, maybe confusion, maybe bitterness, maybe anger. Those are not good traits in it, no. no matter what you're doing. And certainly it would affect you in the boardroom, the bedroom, you know, in the living room. So no, I'm a full believer, just like you said, that this is something that transcends many areas of your life. Well, let's look at another correlation between um, the business and the sexual um, professional porn. And yes. you see these people in these unnatural positions that people don't actually do. They're designed for the camera. And you see the people involved who seem to have this level of performance ability that is almost superhuman. And what doesn't come through in those 13 minute clips is that it may have taken 12 hours to film that scene. And in most cases, and I'm actually saying most cases, I've spoken with people in the industry and I've verified this, there are performance enhancements involved. Because to put it bluntly, I mean, I mean, you know, you know the old joke about um, Viagra. If you have an erection that lasts more than four hours, call your publicist. Yes. Well, imagine having to stay aroused for, imagine being a man, for example, in a heterosexual scene. And you have to stay aroused for a woman for 12 hours until they can get, the, get the scene done. And, 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 yeah. and, and then imagine if you have no attraction for her whatsoever, but just the way the contracts worked out and the way they designed the production that they decided to pair you to. Wow. So those people have problems. Imagine the average person who <laughs> is just finding that the, for some reason, not all eight cylinders are, fly, are firing. So go ahead. Yeah. The average male adult performer was using trimix injections. Uh -huh. That's actually what was used prior to Viagra. And when you use a trimix, you actually inject some of the same components into your penis with Ow. a muscular or <laughs> subcutaneous shot that keeps you rock hard for five hours. So that was very common that, and everyone in the porn industry was using it. We were very fortunate because there's a guy who's based part-time in Las Vegas, part-time in LA. 
And he was AVN's male porn star of the year in 2019, 2020, Johnny Sins. Yeah, I know and who that is. He's a great guy. Uh-huh. And he's from Pittsburgh. I'm from Pittsburgh. And so am I. Makes three of us. I didn't realize that. Son, so of a, he, son of a gun. We both come from Pittsburgh and we both moved to Las Vegas. Yep, exactly. Wow. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is we just happened to see some of his videos and reach out to him and we end up meeting with him. And he was telling us that everyone in the industry is using things. So he got very enamored with our products and became one of our spokespeople. And he starts off a lot of his videos. When you go to Pornhub or whatever, there's a little like 15 second commercial for Promescent. Uh-huh. And it was one of our absolute best moves we ever made in terms of exposure, because it'd be like Michael Jordan recommending a pair of basketball shoes, you know, or yeah. Tiger Wood, rep, you know, referencing a driver for golf. I mean, the guy is like the most widely renowned porn star when he's going, hey, even porn stars use Promescent. People are like, well, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. Uh-huh. Well, it's a, it's like when Jackie Gleason got into um, composing music in the 1960s. Yes. And uh, and I, I can't remember the name of the actor he cited. So we'll just use Clark Gable to fill in the blank. And he said something like to paraphrase, if you watch the movies and you see Clark Gable needs a little music to get things going. Think that the uh, think that the average guy on the street must be freaking desperate. Yes. I know. I know that quote. You're right. Absolutely yeah. right. The, going back to porn, one thing I will tell you is I'm 64 years old and I am so glad that I was born and had my sexual awakening and the early sexual uh, experience that I had were without cell phones and Internet and watching porn. Because oh, yeah. I've I've gone over this many times with therapists, urologists and even on a lot of social media stuff that I've done is porn is really destructive and we need to have yep. a move towards making porn with realistic people. Because if you're an average child now and you're 13, 14, 15, you already have access to your own cell phone, to the internet. And the first time you have sex, if you really think normal sex is a guy with a 10 inch penis, the circumference of a beer can, you know, thrusting for 45 minutes and running across the room and shooting a woman right in the eye, you know, when he ejaculates <laughs> and that becomes your expectations. I would have been such a ball of anxiety. I probably would have imploded and died the first time I had sex, you know, yeah. you know, I was fumbling around like a fool lasted 30 seconds and thought I was, you know, the, the greatest, you know, uh, you know, uh, lover ever, you know, so I was mm-hmm. living in ignorance and I'm glad because now if I was in this day shape and I would have had these unrealistic expectations. Yeah. So let's translate that to business for a second. Uh, you know, you, you know, you see these professional porn productions and you see all this unrealistic stuff and then you find out, yeah, they use promescence and other enhancers too. Yes. So let's look at, so let's look at the entrepreneur who's got a venture going. Uh, they've found their intersection, their brilliance and their passion. They're making their moves and they're moving up. And yet it seems like every time they turn around, they stumble on yet another competitor who's uh, what my my business coach, Captain Jim Palmer, calls the out of the blue guru who all of a sudden emerges on the scene and they're everywhere. And they're all of a sudden the thought leader in that industry. And you're thinking, where the hell did they come from? Well, that can be debilitating too, because you're looking at your own business, you're seeing your struggles, you're seeing your cash flow challenges, you're seeing uh, the resistance from clients, you're seeing that you need to 
get some case studies on the board so that you can get clients, but you need the clients to get the case studies. And people are telling you, oh, well, just do some stuff for free. Well, I'm not going to do my stuff for <laughs> free. That's stupid. Yeah. So the point I make with that is that can be a performance debilitator in business because you see the unrealistic stuff. But going back to Jim Palmer's example, the Owl of the Blue Guru, this is one of his famous articles on his blog. And the reason I bring it up is the point of that article is out of the blue guru has probably been flying under radar for several years now. And they have done things. They've invested in masterminds. They've invested in coaching. They've gone through uh, the, the dips and, and crests of the roller coaster, just like you. They probably have borrowed a significant amount of angel investor money from Discover American Express Visa and MasterCard. Uh, which you're probably still paying off, actually. <laughs> so the thing is, is that out of the blue guru is out of the blue all of a sudden because they used performance enhancers. And that's a good thing because that's what they're there for, to enhance performance. Yes. So that's part of what brings me to this. And you know, if we want to go back to porn for one second, uh, you, you, know, you probably noticed that particularly over the past 10 to 15 years, and particularly since... Those things you mentioned, internet, cell phones, uh, the ability to buy a 4K webcam for 150 bucks, and the proliferation of high-speed Wi-Fi, which means you can stream from anywhere, yes. uh, has brought it to the point where real people doing real stuff is now a thing that you can easily access, and we're getting more realism in that picture. And that's why the, the gonzo stuff, the amateur stuff, the... You know, the couples who share their life journey and things like that have really taken off. And candidly, why OnlyFans is such a huge thing. People ask, well, why would I pay $15 a month to see clips of that OnlyFans star doing their stuff? And the answer is actually very simple. Yes, you can go to Pornhub, X videos, X hamster. I'm revealing a lot about myself right now. <laughs> and you can get a ton of stuff for free. You can get an ABN at an AB, AEBN account and pay micro pennies for streaming. Yes. Uh, There's so many options out there. But when you invest that in an individual performer that you feel an affinity towards, that's the whole point. It's the affinity. You feel the personal connection. And that's why people will subscribe to 15 OnlyFans stars. Yeah. And that goes back in business to the idea of in entrepreneurship and marketing of just the idea that you feel a personal connection to that person you're following, that people, that person you're hiring, that people, that person you're engaging to help you achieve the success you deserve and desire. So those are just some of the things that jump out when I hear, when I hear the story that you told. So, um, and another thing is, and we discussed this a little bit in the green room, so I'll share it for our listeners here, is so many things are becoming so normalized these days. And for example, uh, we're seeing normalization around sex work. And I am I'm not going to make partisan political statements on my show here, but what I will say, and listeners can interpret this however they feel like, it's their truth, they can view it through their own lens, I don't care, is I'm a big believer in individual personal liberty and people being able to make their own decisions about what is healthy and wise for themselves. And when you engage in relationships, no matter what they are, 
when there's reciprocal value and everybody feels they're gaining that reciprocal value, there is nothing wrong with that. I believe the same. I also believe if prohibition taught us one thing, it's that you can't legislate morality. Right. Making drinking illegal didn't stop people from drinking. It just made them get their liquor illegally. And I think when you look at societies and there certainly are plenty of them, you know, in Europe, you know, like Amsterdam, where prostitution is legal, even here in Vegas, to a certain extent, in certain areas, not on the strip, but, you know, outside. It's still it it's not going to stop it in areas where it's not legal, but it's going to be non-regulated. Anything non-regulated tends to be more of a risk because there aren't regulations. People are doing it illegally. And in some cases, you take it out of the hands of a regulatory agency and you make it so that, you know, the wrong people, whether it be crime syndicates, whether it be, you know, gangs or whatever, get involved and start making money. So I'm like you, I believe that what's done between consenting adults is between consenting adults. But I believe in the government in any way, shape or form, trying to regulate morality is never a good thing. No, no. And, um, and government regulating a choice. Um, I will dip into one thing here very quickly. And I've said this many times outside the business creators radio show. I don't care if I get called on this. Um, my conservative friends want to believe that I'm pro-life. Mm-hmm. The people who know that I have progressive ideas on other things like to think I'm pro-choice when it comes to abortion. I'm neither one of those things. I believe that both of the, I believe that that is a false duality. Yes. And I, I'm pro-life in the sense that I do not want to see babies killed. Uh, I mean, if I, if I want to make sure that animals aren't being put down in shelters, I certainly don't want to see humans put down. It, that, that's just not me. At the same time, banning abortions is not going to solve the issue either. And all it's going to do is bring back the coat hanger and exactly. other unsavory characters. Yeah. So well, that's my, a t- direct yeah, so my, correlation to what we were just talking about. But think yeah. about this for a second. The very people that are working so hard to ban abortions are also working and they're against Planned Parenthood. They're against educating our children in high schools about sex. They're against providing birth control for young people. So I don't understand how you can be anti-abortion, but also almost force people into unwanted pregnancies by not educating them and providing birth control to keep people from becoming pregnant, you know, unintentionally. So our, our feelings mirror exactly one another. I want to protect every life born and unborn, but at the same time, you're not going to stop people from getting abortions. You're going to take them away from qualified medical professionals into back alleys with people who aren't qualified to perform those. Yeah. Well, actually, I, and I think it's the Pittsburgh, Las Vegas thing between us. It's it must like, be. it's like, I set up the pins and you just rolled a strike. And when you interjected, you actually finished my thought. Uh, so what do we, so what do we have, um, you know, pro-life pro-choice I'm pro get rid of the need for abortion, solve the problem. And how, and how do we solve that problem? Contraception. Uh, if the pregnancy never happens in the first place, abortions are no longer an issue. Uh, education about what is sex really? I mean, we can get into, we can even go as far as neuroscience and the chemicals that are released in the brain and how it affects how we function as human beings and making people aware of that. So you have people who are 
13, 14 years old or whatever age are being given sex education these days. I don't know. I've heard it's six years old. I don't know. But, um, but what I do know is simply telling them that, um, well, your body, your choice, go do whatever you want is not an answer. And no, that's wrong. Don't do it. You'll ruin your life. And it's sinful. That's not the answer either. What to me is an answer is saying, here are all of the facts. Here is what's going on in your brain. Here's what's going on with your body. Here's, here's how this could affect your life goals. Uh, these are both the opportunities and the risks that are involved. So here it is, all of it. Sort through it for yourself. Align it with your own truth and make your best decision. And be prepared that if there are consequences, what you're going to do about it. I think if we do that, uh, that could actually help prevent a lot of risky behaviors. That will make really intelligent choices. Severely limit the need for abortions. Absolutely. Exactly. And I feel like I'm listening to myself speak when you're yeah. talking about here. Yeah, it's exactly right. you. This idea of abstinence to 16, 17 and eight year, 18 year olds is ridiculous. <laughs> Okay. Uh, not 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 when their hormones are raging like forest fires. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I've read articles, and this is crazy, where a lot of unwanted pregnancies at 16, 17, 18 year olds occur because a lot of women and even some men feel like if they plan for sex and if they bring stuff, that means they're admitting it. And because of their religious beliefs, it's wrong and they don't want to go against their religion. And they get in a situation, they go, well, if it's just spontaneous, I don't have to feel guilty. But if it's spontaneous and you're not have protection, it increases the likelihood. So even the the guilt and shame and the religious aspect makes people think, well, I can't plan for sex. I can't go get you know birth control because that means that I'm actively planning on disobeying, you know, my faith or, you know, my parents or whoever. But if it just happens naturally, then it's like, well, it just got out of control. It wasn't like I knew I wasn't in control, but you need to be in control when it comes to sex. Number one, for disease prevention, using condoms. Number two, for pregnancy prevention. So we need to understand that when you're 16, 17, 18, you have raging hormones, you're going to want to be intimate with someone that, I mean, I know when I was that age, I mean, it was the only thing I lived for. I didn't know it better. And so the idea telling 16, 17, 18 year olds that are in full on hormone, you know, uh, explosion to not act on that is ludicrous. It's just not practical. It's not happening. It's, and it's also ludicrous to tell them that they have the quote unquote right to do anything they want. Nobody can tell them no. Well, yes, yes. You, do, you actually do have the right to do whatever you want. Yes. Um, and I believe, and I believe that we do a proper service when we give them the education and the resources. So when I yes. hear things like we don't want to have abortions, but at the same time, we don't want contraception to be part of health plans. <laughs> wait a minute, but wait a minute. Isn't, isn't there a phrase out there called reproductive health? Yes. What does that kind of, just the fact that you have health plan and reproductive health, that common word. I mean, does that tell you just by linear thinking that maybe there should be a correlation? Absolutely. And how can anyone have two basic foundational opinions or tenets of their life that are diametrically opposed to one another? You can't have it both ways. You know what I mean? You either have to say, if I'm totally 
opposed to abortion, then I have to make sure there's less abortion so that it's not that much of an issue. What those same people are literally saying is you can't get an abortion, but we're going to make sure as many people are pregnant unwanted as possible. That's insane. Right. Yeah. And, and, cor- and correlate that to, to business. It's yes. like, it's like, yeah, we're going to sell a lot of products and a lot of courses and programs that will help you be successful. But at the same time, we're going to throw up barriers so high that you'll never actually be successful so that you'll need this stuff forever. I'm also yes. thinking of dating apps like Tinder, Match, OkCupid, Zooks, Zoosk, et cetera. They don't make money when people find their life partners. No. They make money when you're single and wanting to mingle. And you're wanting to continue using their services on a regular basis. And they actually and they actually go so far as several of those dating apps are owned by the same conglomerates, the same way a lot of hosting companies are owned by EIG. Yeah. And they use a common algorithm that's designed in such a way that unless you know exactly how the algorithm works and how to you know, structure your profile, how to have conversations with people. Uh, all of which is monitored by their algorithms, by the way, how to um, how to put your pictures up. I mean, I did a professional photo shoot so I could have the pictures that I needed scientifically for this. And also that even your swiping behaviors can cause you to effectively be shadow banned on those apps so that you're not going to find what you're looking for anyway. Then add on the conclu- the collusion that well, okay, well, this app really sucks. I'm just going to go this other one. Well, guess what? <laughs> You're paying the same person. It's all going to the same cash register. Uh-huh. Yeah, all the same, all the same cash register. So yeah. this leads to a marketing question I have for you. Uh, there are a lot of things out there. I mean, there's Viagra, obviously, and there's a company called Hims that's been doing a lot of stuff with marketing with ED products. And yes. we have your company and we have several others. And uh, I, I know that my hypnotherapist gave me a recommendation for something that, you know, I found effective. I can't remember the name of it, uh, that uh, there are so many choices out there. And then you hear about the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the goat weed and the, uh, and the deer extracts or whatever the hell it is. And uh, what do you do to help people differentiate between the snake oil versus the real deal? Well, what we like to do. And you go to our website and I received criticism early on because people went to our website. They go, is that a university site or is that a, pro- a website where you can buy products? I go, well, it's kind of both. And they yeah. go, you don't want people to get confused and start reading. I go, no, we want people to buy the right products for the right reason. And we also want them to use them correctly because it increases the chance of having a lifetime customer as opposed to somebody who's dissatisfied and it will never come back. So what we do is we, we're actually in the protocol of 2,200 urologists here in North America that recommend us by name. So we, when you go to our website, you see testimonials, video testimonials by some of the leading doctors in the world, like Dr. Mohit Kira, who is the uh, president of the Sexual Medicine Society in North America. There's a video from him. Yeah, I see, from, yeah I've watched that video. It's really good. Yeah, Dr. Wayne Hellstrom, who is the... Uh, Uh, the president of the International Society of Sexual Medicine. Those two individuals alone are probably the two most renowned sexual experts in North America. They have videos on our site by name saying this is the best stuff out there. Now, the frustrating thing is the average consumer will go to another one of the snake oil sites. They'll have a Getty stock photo of a guy in a lab coat and it'll say doctor recommended. 
And there are actually people in this country that go, oh, these are both doctor recommended. Not realizing when you see Dr. Mohit Kira by name and affiliation and you go, that guy's the president of the Sexual Medicine Society in North America. And the average consumer sometimes doesn't realize the difference between that and a Getty photo, a stock photo of some guy in a lab coat who's, a, you know, no credentials. So what we try to do is we educate people. Look at who this is. Look at his credentials. See if you see this kind of stuff anywhere else. That's very important for us. And, you know, when we have these, you know, multitude of doctors speaking on our behalf, and then you see some of the therapists and, you know, same thing. We hope that that helps differentiate and have people realize that this company, literally, there's really no one speaking for it. This company has the world's leading credentialed experts in sexual medicine speaking on it. That is something that we've worked very hard to achieve and we're very proud of. Yeah. Uh, having looked at your website and seeing some of these other sites, uh, one of the things you see frequently is the doctor in a lab coat, doctor recommended. Meanwhile, yes. it's some, meanwhile, it's probably some guy who's uh, looking to get his professional modeling career off and uh, he looks good in a lab coat and he uh, he sold his image to Getty or something like that. And, no, that's uh, exactly. Some of those guys that, aren't even doctors. Yeah, that, that's... One competitor that you're not going to believe this, it said doctor recommended, had the guy's name and I looked him up. He was a dermatologist in Hungary. I'm like, oh, he's uh, a dermatologist in Hungary and he's on a sexual... But the average person wouldn't even take time to look it up. It just said doctor recommended, had the guy's name. So it's important that you realize who it is and what their credentials are. Right. Uh, and then be, and then another trope you see often is that the hero image on the website will be a couple engaging in an act of implied intimacy. Yes. Like, okay, now picture yourself with this person and, ooh, look at their ripped, perfect bodies. Well, what is yes. a perfect body? You know, I um, you know, earlier this year, I I had a I had a girlfriend for a little while, um, who I would, if you want to use the the uh, colloquialism, I would call her an absolute freaking ten. Yeah, and I would show her pictures to people, and I'd get responses like, "Oh well, if <laughs> that's that's what you like, okay," and meaner. I'm thinking, what? This is we're talking about my women here. We're not talking about yours. Yes. Yeah, and I think. And I think that plays into it too, that there is a corporate agenda and this applies both in, you know, what's how business success is defined and how personal wellness success is defined that says it has to look a certain way. It has to feel a certain way. It has to be a certain way. And if you have a different view of that, then, well, you're just not really reaching for success. Uh, when I see a marketing company or a software company that caters to entrepreneurs, using a phrase like, and some of our listeners are going to know who I'm referring to when I say this, and I really don't care because I called them out on it before. Uh, if they, if you, they use a phrase that says, if you're not using our software, you're not really in business. Well, that to me is, shows me more flags and red than uh, May Day on Tiananmen Square. Yeah. To me, that's so condescending and it's almost insulting. Yeah. Like, Really? Um, I'm I much I'm more taken by someone saying, here's our advantages. Take a look at us over what you're using. And then because that to me implies like, hey, we have some advantages. We want to educate and make you aware of them. So evaluate them and see if they work for you, as opposed to basically saying you're an idiot if you're not using us. 
Right. And part of what I see in your in your marketing differentiation is you take this educational scientific approach to it. I've had a chance to peruse some articles in your blog. I see um, how you describe the products that you sell. Uh, I see the, um, the the five star reviews, the sections of the website, the doctor testimonials, and there are actual doctors that work in this area of practice. And I think that's great. And uh, what I'm also aware of is that you do, in fact, cater to, uh, at least from my impression, the type of audience that wants to be educated. There are certain people you're just not going to reach. There's absolutely. We tend to go for the mainstream 80%. You're not going to go to our site. And there's nothing wrong with this if this is what you really are into and find rubber fists, you know what I mean? And, you know, a lot of the really way over the edge stuff. We tend to cater to people that are in the norm, you know, the 80%, what I call the sweet spot, the normal spot. There are certain people that are going to go. And if you don't educate them, they're not going to be impressed. Or if they see things that they don't relate to, or maybe me make them uncomfortable, they're going to go, this isn't my site. We really and truly want to cater to the majority of people. Now, that's not, there's nothing wrong if you're into the other stuff. That's just not who we're trying to impress. We're trying to impress and trying to reach the 80% of people who are engaged in very normal sexual activities. We are very couples oriented, you know? And one of the things we stress is a lot of guys and a lot of our competitors, you'll see even the names of some of the product. I wish I was kidding when I tell you this, but there's products called Stud 100, Do Me Long and Hard. Uh-huh. And look, and the picture on Do Me Long and Hard is a woman with her legs spread holding the bottle between her legs. To me, that just almost epitomizes this prehistoric caveman mentality, like man drives woman back to cave, jumps uh-huh. on her and just, you know, pounds on her for 30 minutes, you know? Yeah, and, I, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll bet that woman doesn't have a double chin or a fupa either. No, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> because, because we're being told what a gorgeous woman is. Woman is supposed without, to be. Without, without any recognition for what our definition of a what gorgeous woman is. Or or gorgeous man, or however they identify themselves. Yeah, so what we've tried to do is literally educate men and say, this is as much, if not more, about your partner than you. Because if a man prematurely or rapidly ejaculates, he still ejaculates. But if he rapidly or premature ejaculates, chances are his partner's not satisfied. Yeah. So we try to stress that good intimacy is when both, and you know, if it's two males, then obviously same thing. But we are we try to stress is your sex and your intimacy is only satisfactory if both partners are really satisfied and happy. Yeah. Because if they're not, you're soon going to be alone again, you know, and back to the dating app and hitting that cash register again. So Mm -hmm. what we try to emphasize is, you know, you really want to make sure if you're in a relationship that you're as aware of your partner's satisfaction as well as your own. Plus my life experience have taught me when my partner's satisfied, I'm going to be satisfied because she's like, hey, I wouldn't want to make sure I take care of this guy because he takes care of me. Uh-huh. So in some cases, you can get a lot of kudos and be recognized as like the second coming of Gandhi for making sure you're very attentive to your partner when in reality, you're just ensuring your own satisfaction. Yeah. And what I've also discovered, uh, and I have some you know, involvement in uh, the pickup industry as well um, through one of my clients, is that... Um, 
sometimes there's a way you need to do the marketing to hook people because it's all they really understand. I'm going to cite an example of somebody who's actually been on the Business Creators Radio Show, my great friend, Ross Jeffries, who's the creator of Speed Seduction. Uh, he actually is the guy who taught a lot of the pickup artists you see around today. Uh, now, in his marketing, uh, and I've been with him for 15 years, we've tested various angles on how to bring people in. And time and time again, it works best when he goes for the salacious. Because you're looking at somebody who is has reached a point of desperation where they've tried so many things to uh, attract mates and it just isn't working and they feel like the deck is stacked against them. So it creates a vision of, yeah, you're going to have mind-blowing sex and you're going to have people just racing up to you as you walk down the street. Okay, that's a vision. So now let's look into what the curriculum actually is. And I'm familiar with the curriculum curriculum because um, it's all sitting on my hard drive. It actually begins with inner game. You don't even get to the part where you start interacting with women until you find out what the blocks and barriers are within yourself and you become what's known as a whole man. And then beyond that, a lot of guys will say, well, what I'm really looking for is pickup lines and language patterns and all that. And you can get the pickup lines and language patterns. Uh, back, Ross created a course where you just put them all in a bundle. You can buy it. Uh, however, the actual teaching is not about the words. It's not about memorizing the words. It's about understanding the psychological factors, the persuasion factors, the NLP that's involved, and how it creates those feelings in your partner or prospective partner of making them want to co-create the pleasure with you. In fact, in the curriculum, it specifically instructs you to stop using phrases like hit on, get lucky, score, and replace those with what I just said. Co-create amazing experiences with people you desire and enjoy doing it with. So actually, it's a recipe for achieving holistic health. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. On the surface, it looks like something else. When you actually get into it, it's completely different. And if more of that education was freely available or commonly available, uh, I believe we would have more sexual health just from the start because a lot of the preconceptions that have been programmed into us that make it into a challenge or a war could be reframed into an opportunity to, well, spread love. Yeah. And uh, to me, that's what I see what you're doing with Promescence and that brand is that you are reaching the educated consumer, the consumer wants to be educated and presenting them. And this is going back to what I said earlier, presenting them all of the facts so they can make their decision in alignment with their truth. That is, that's absolutely who we're looking for and what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. Now, now going back to erectile dysfunction, um, this, it's one of those dirty little secrets. And uh, does the guy want to be seen in the pharmacy buying Viagra? And then somebody he didn't realize was there saw him buying the Viagra. And next thing you know, word gets out that he's limp. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because, because somehow he's less of a man. Meanwhile, he's just an ordinary dude dealing with stuff that a lot of people deal with. And he's, he should be applauded because he's taking steps to resolve it. 
Absolutely. He's thinking of his partner. He's thinking of getting the most out of his life. So someone like that should be applauded. And I always tell people when we first started, even with our company here, we used to have this saying, because this would happen a lot. We would be in a social situation and you're talking to another couple and they go, hey, tell me about this company you have. And this is an actual, this one's actually happened. It was a barbecue here where I live when I first moved here. And one of the couples near me go, hey, is that your new home at 82 Sunglow? I go, yeah, oh my God, I love the house. And the guy goes, what do you do for a living? I go, I'm the CEO of a small pharma company. He goes, what's the name of it? I go, Absorption Pharma. He goes, what's the name of your main product? I go, it's called Promescent. He goes, I never heard of it. I go, well, we're not that big yet. And he goes, what does it do? I said, it's a, uh, a product for treating premature ejaculation. It allows men to last a lot longer. And he puffs his chest out. He's like, ah, that's the last thing we need in this relationship. I'm like, oh, excuse me. And Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. About 10 minutes later, there was a food truck and a band. It was a really nice thing. And he went over to get some food. The wife leans over to me. And she goes, do you have a couple samples that we could use some in this relationship? Uh-huh. And we used to have this running joke that we used to say, if we had a dollar for every time we heard that, we'd have $100. We had to change that to if we had a dollar for every time we heard that a thousand. I think we're really to the point now we need to change that to 10,000. It just happens so often. And I tell people that the men who are most secure and are the best lovers are always open to looking to take it to that next level. When someone comes across as, oh, my God, I didn't know anyone ever needed that or then it's almost, you know, a precursor to saying that guy has issues. When a guy like Johnny Sins, who is ABN's male porn star of the year, tells people overtly, yeah, I use Promescent, you've got to say, hmm, wait a second. And, you know, let's step out of the realm of premature ejaculation. Just talk about regular, average, healthy couples. The average healthy male lasts between five minutes and 30 seconds and six minutes during actual penetration or thrusting. The average female without prior stimulation takes about 18 and a half minutes to achieve climax during uh, sex. Yeah. So think about that. There's a term they even use in the medical community. It's called the arousal gap that, you know, the majority of people need something to have healthy, good, you know, uh, satisfying intimacy for both partners. So when someone goes right away, oh, we don't need that. That's nothing. I never heard of that. You know that there's some mechanism or some cover up there for insecurity. Translating this to entrepreneurship, um, there is still to this day a stigma around, like, let's say you're a business coach, admitting you have one of your own, yes. even though you hear the thing of uh, you want to invest in a coach who invests in themselves. That message is not completely true. The idea is if you're putting yourself out there as a coach or a consultant, or whatever, that you're supposed to have all the answers. And, oh, if you, it turns out that you're getting answers from somebody else, that's a sign of weakness. No, no, no. That's a, that's a sign that you're actually investing in your clients because you're, you're becoming better for them. The for best, them, absolutely. Yeah, the best. Yeah. And, I, and I've given my, and I've given my business coach several testimonials over the years. He's been mine for 13 years and uh, it's been transformational for me at a slow pace. That, that was just my decision to go slow, whatever. I, it's, it's a separate conversation, but, um, but the best testimonial I've ever given him 
was that I used one of my one-on-one calls with him because I needed help communicating with somebody to resolve a situation. And he blew my mind in about three minutes with actually handing me the answer to exactly what to, to do exactly what to say that actually got me a better result than I thought I could get from the situation. And I thought about it a day later and I realized, you know, if somebody had come to me as their coach and asked me the, and asked me those questions and asked for my advice, I would have told them the same thing Jim did, Yeah, which is the whole point that when you're in the tunnel, you only see that pinprick of light at the very end and surrounding you is darkness. Your coach is outside the tunnel. They're in the light. In fact, they see, they see the train you're on approaching because the light from outside is shining in and illuminating it. So even if you believe that you're really good at what you do, work with a coach, they'll make you better. No, I believe- and when you when you told that yeah. story about that guy a few minutes ago, I thought of the same thing. Uh, here's a guy. Well, we don't need that in our relationship. So here he is. He thinks he's good at what he does. Yeah, and maybe he has experiences where he has really satisfied his wife, and they've had some amazing romantic Valentine's Day experiences. Great, but now you have the wife saying, "Hey, uh, could you give me some of those samples?" Yeah. Now if. Now, all that man needs to do is just add some self-awareness to say, and he can come out and say, yeah, I actually am a stud. How do I become more of a stud? He can put in that language. He can can put it in that language, align it with his truth that he is actually a good performer. Align it with that. Don't even have to say, well, I need help. Just say, I'm really good. Yes. Now, how can I take it to the next level? Our message has always been, take it to the next level. When you start assigning assigning blame or failure or shame, a lot of people close down and don't even want to look or hear about a potential solution. Yeah. So our whole approach has always been take it to the next level and not, oh, you're not functioning or you're not performing. It's just taking it to the next level because everybody's at some level. Yeah. Absolutely. And we all are in different chapters in our lives. We may be reading from the same book, but we're rarely on the same page. Correct. So just get help and turn the page. It's not a big deal. So we're actually near the end of our time here. And um, and I know this is going to be a different conclusion than most of our interviews, because most of it is, hey, um, how do you get in contact with this person? How can they help you? So in your case... Um, I'd like to point out a few things. First of all, your website is promescent.com. It's www.promescent.com. Our visitors can go to businesscreatorsradioshow.com, find the episode. It'll be right there in the show notes. Uh, you, uh, you, have, you have a catalog that shows all of your different products. I think your names are actually somewhat interesting. I think you have some really great marketing spin there. I love it. And uh, I also see the reviews, the the, the doctor testimonials, and everything else. I also have had a chance to peruse your blog and a few of your articles. There's some really good education for people there, uh, like, uh, like lube alternatives and, yes. uh, and Rex MD performance wipes, uh, toothpaste yes. to last longer in bed. Wow. <laughs> there are a lot of, oh, and porn induced erectile dysfunction, which is actually, you ask if it's really a thing. Uh, yeah, it is. I've been there. 
No, it is. People yeah. are addicted to porn and they uh -huh. really are. We've heard people tell us, well, I can last this long when I'm watching porn, but I get with my partner and I'm like, well, that's there's a heightened sense of sensitivity when you're penetrating someone's vagina as opposed to your own right hand, you know? So, right, right. And, and I'll just come out and say it's because people don't know how to properly masturbate. Yes. And well, it, we and have it, blogs and, 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 on and it, masturbation. Did you see yeah, those? Um, I'm going to. And uh, when I when I go back to your site again, but yeah, the point the point is, and whether you're male, female, however you identify, um, if you do it a certain way, it creates a false perception of what it's supposed to feel like. So when you get in a real situation with a real person, so to speak, it can feel like a letdown. Well, not only that, there's a certain amount of shame involved with masturbation. And most people, when they masturbate, I got to get this over as quick as possible. I don't want someone walking in on me. You know what I mean? And uh -huh. they just feel like, and they're training themselves to prematurely ejaculate instead of enjoying and relaxing and making it last a lot of people feel with masturbation, I just want to get it over with because they feel a certain sense of I'm not good enough to be with someone. I don't want someone walking in, you know, many reasons. And so they're training themselves to prematurely ejaculate. Precise, precisely. And it can be the same thing with business. If you're yes. applying a feeling of what success is supposed to be in your entrepreneurial venture, and then you actually go out and do it, you may not experience that same feeling because... You didn't have the proper education how to create the feeling for yourself, uh, and that means and that means that means yeah. you didn't that means you didn't pursue the education. It actually would have been helpful. Yes. Um, you were persuaded into tropes about what success means that are divorced from what it really means, and it created basically a sense of unreality to you. <coughs> Correct. One of the things I'd like to do is give people my own email address too. I love entrepreneurs and. Yes. Uh, this is the second successful entrepreneurial company that I've done on my own. And I welcome questions from people and I'll answer it. I answer every single email that I get as a person. I go through our company's emails. My email is jeff.abraham at promescent.com. Okay. If people have entrepreneurial questions. If they have, you know, like anything at all they want to know for me, email me. I promise you, I'll answer. You'll get an answer very quickly for me because number one, I like to share mentors have always been good to me. When I first started out in business, one of the first thing I did was identify people who I thought were where I wanted to be. And I thought no way better to get where I want to be, surround myself with people who've already done it. They're already there. They can show me. So I've had a lot of good mentors who have really helped me out. So I would love to return to favor and be that same mentor to other people. Plus, I'm fascinated by different business opportunities, different business questions. It forces me to look at others and sharpen my own game. That's amazing. So let me just say, um, we're at the top of our time here. Uh, Jeff Abraham, so thank you so much oh, my for, pleasure. Being with, for being with us today. You've been so generous with us. Um, you give me the opportunity, and I love doing this with the show every once in a while, to do something that is, well, candidly off topic. But yes. what I love to do, what I love to do in my show is draw the correlations between business success, personal success, and pop culture. And I loved how we were able to juxtapose the three of those in a way. And I'm going to make one final point. This is actually for my listeners, but I encourage you to think about this as well is, uh, you know, my main business is actually helping entrepreneurs launch their podcasts. And one of the points I make and why you would want to do that, even when you think you don't have a reason to do it, is it gives you the, the ability to inspire people by becoming 
their voice. I tell this story about a time when um, I got frustrated with a bank teller and said something really mean to her. Uh, and it wasn't my finest hour. And uh, then I had to circle back and and then I explained the situation. And she's like, oh, yeah, I didn't realize you were that person. And I didn't know that you were the one we had that problem with getting the credit card months ago. And if I had uh, known your face to your name, I know we spoke on the phone. I never would have made that offer. And the reason I tell that story is because so many folks have had situations that were not their finest hour. Yes. That they may be embarrassed about sharing. And because they're embarrassed about sharing it, it cuts them off from being able to embrace the learning. My learning from that experience was, dude, yeah, yeah, you're 40 some years old, but you still have a lot to learn about these things. Everybody does. Continuous education means exactly what it is. So what I gained from that is, all right, so next time you're in a situation like that, if I had that situation to do over again, I would have said, um, excuse me, um, I, 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 I understand that what you're saying to me right now is you doing your job, but do you know who I am? Yeah. And that would have, that would have uh, diffused the whole thing. Now I know for next time and I can share that story and I can make somebody else's life easier. You can t- and have someone else not go through that same thing because they heard yeah. it from you. And they can align with me without even having to say they're aligning with me by saying, yeah, he gets it. He understands. Um, yes. He showed me something and I can be okay with this. So now I can center myself in the gift that that experience gave me. Yep. I always tell people one of my core tenets is exactly this. Nothing's ever a mistake if you learn from it. And because of it, you won't do it again. It's only a mistake is if you didn't learn from it, you do it again and again and again. Life is a series of learning experiences. And no one comes out of the womb perfect. No one comes out of the womb with all the wisdom and all the, you know, judgment to always make 100% correct choices. What you want to do is limit your incorrect choices that aren't life or career threatening and learn from them so you don't do them again. So it's very important to keep your antenna up and realize when you made a mistake, why you made it, what the motivation was and what caused you to make it, and then don't make it again. Awesome. And I encourage people to do that, both business and personal. Again, Jeff Abraham, thank you for being with us today. It's been an honor and believe me, an education. My pleasure as well, my friend. Thank you very much. We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.